Hey, it's the Week 15 podcast exclusive right here on the Stochastic Podcast Network. Nah, we don't do it like that. I'm Dave Lochran at Lafay underscore D with Ben Rasa at Jazz Rise DFS. Week 14 in the books. It's week 15 already. We're in mid-December now. We've got these Saturday slates, three games. So here's what we decided to do. We want to give you guys as much content as possible, but we don't want to just keep overlapping content to the point where like, you hear a million different things for the same slate and then it's not helpful. So what we decided to do, we just recorded the uh, NFL First Look Strategy Show, one of our favorite shows of the week, for the Sunday slate, 10 games. Went thorough in that first look. For this one, as always, take a look at some of the stuff that we saw last week, what won, what, you know, what the winning process was, the winning lineup structure, all of that. But also take a look at some of these other three-game, two-game slates and see if we can apply some of that towards this Saturday one. If you're coming here for Sunday, we just did it on the First Look Show on YouTube. You can find it here on the podcast. If nothing else, bookmark this, save it. If you don't want to listen, you should listen now. But if you don't want to listen now, save it. Come back Friday or Saturday morning because we're going to talk Saturday three-game slate and we're going to see what type of lineups this year have won these two- and three-game slate as well. Uh, I think that about sums it up, Ben. I think so. And it, it's that, you know, time of the football season. We get these unique slates uh, and I love them. I love them. I think it's such a cool game theory type thing where you're doing things that aren't, you would never get away with on a main slate. You would never stack up four guys from a team and then run the defense against that team and, and have all these weird things. You can do it on a three game slate. And I love it. And uh, obviously this is, anecdotal i've been having a lot of success on these like shorter slates and i think you know certainly we're gonna look at the tools but i think part of it is because of the game theory aspect of it in constructing these lineups yeah it's funny too because i was i was looking at the i was looking at the spy from the thanksgiving slate because that's that's probably the best proxy we have for this saturday slate this season. yeah i think so and I pulled yours up. You had a positive similar ROI in the post-contest simulator and profited here. I think it was probably around the min cash, but an interesting lineup for sure. Now, for those of you guys, just to refresh everybody's memory, it was Lions, Packers. It yep. was Cowboys, uh, Commanders, yep. and Niners, Seahawks. Those yep. were the three games. And you had the Jordan Love, McCaffrey, Gibbs, CD, Watson, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, Terry McLaurin, and Niners. So you went Jordan Love with a three. You went with a triple stack on Jordan Love in that one. Yep. Paid down there, and it allowed me uh, – I don't have it in front of me, but I'm thinking off memory, and you just said it. Like McCaffrey, Lamb, Gibbs yep. type one-offs. Yeah, uh, you have McCaffrey, Gibbs, and Lamb. Gibbs was your run back in that, in that yep. spot. Not that you're super concerned about it on a three-game slate. No, exactly. And it, it was the kind of situation I knew I wanted exposure to to the Cowboys, uh, particularly with either Lamb or, or Pollard. Obviously, I wanted McCaffrey. Niners defense was solid. And then McLaurin is someone I've just been playing all the time, and I wanted him in that game. Uh, I had a lot of variations like that. I had some DK Metcalf lineups like that as well. And I, I think the key thing, though, you even saw it there. Like, what a weird, you know, a QB plus three of the paydown option. Even last night, we're recording this, uh, and we just had the Monday night doubleheader. Like, you saw 
heightened stat, like just bizarre things happen when there's only a couple games. Oh, we're looking at that for sure. That was wacky, wacky stuff. I fell into the trap. This is why I'm glad I used the Sims because I leaned on that and I ended up having some Will Levis lineups. I don't know left up to my own fruition. For Left up to my own volition. Devices. Yeah, volition, devices, same thing. That I would have had any Will Levis. And I did. And my best lineups happened to be Will Levis stacks. Now, just go, real quickly, to talk about the winning lineup in the Spy from Thanksgiving, I'll tell you what, guys. Look, it, it may, you may be like, why are we talking about this? Well, if we're going to be doing this show uh, and we're going to talk about these slates, the whole purpose of this podcast exclusive is like what type of builds are not are, are, are different, they provide leverage, but aren't crazy enough to lose. Maybe just crazy enough to win. Um, so we have to talk about this for a second. But the winner in that was Dak, McCaffrey, Pollard, Cooks. Okay? Pay attention here. Dak, McCaffrey, Pollard, and Cooks. Watson, JSN, Laporta, Debo Samuel, and Niners. So interestingly here, going with the CeeDee Lamb fade with Dak at quarterback with a single receiver stack and Tony Pollard at running back. That's the type of lineup that you look at it and go, man, I feel like I need CeeDee Lamb. You know, I only have Brandon Cooks and I have Tony Pollard who hasn't really done that much as a pass catcher. And it won without CeeDee Lamb. You look back on it now and you go, that's just a really nice build. Different, risky, but we always know that. That's how it works. I don't um, hate that. It actually had a negatively simmed ROI. Well, not to cut you off, but what's the risky part about that outside of just not having Lamb? Oh, well, that. Just in the sense that raw points are so much more important on a two or three game slate that the chances that Dak gets there raw points wise and CD lamb doesn't is very tricky, but it, it gets very intricate where, where I think the, the, the point that I take away from this on main slates, when you have all sorts of options, you know that, okay, if I'm playing a, a top end quarterback and he's got an alpha wide receiver, they're going to be very popular. Uh, but people are going to play the one-offs. People are going to have it differently. When you're talking about a small slate, I don't know if we could pull this information or, but just, I can tell you for certain. If you took all the Dak Prescott lineups on Thanksgiving, I mean, what, 80% have Lamb? Maybe even more? Right. You're talking about a situation now where you are taking all the Dak lineups and you're putting them in one bucket, and now you, you are creating a Dak lineup that's already leveraged. And you're not doing it with stupid people. You're just omitting one player. Well, then with that in mind, should we take a look at yesterday where anyone playing Tua, not anyone, but like you said, 80, 90% were pairing him with Tyreek Hill? Yes. And I think even furthermore, it's more important from Thanksgiving because Dak Prescott, there's a world where he runs in the two touchdowns. He can run. Like Tua, it would take a minor miracle for him to do that in a game where he gets there and his wide receivers don't, you could see that in a bizarro game on a three game slate. 
any day of the week with some of these quarterbacks. And I, I think we saw it last night where raw points still come into play. But uh, even honestly, I'll point to uh, I'll give a sneak peek for what we're going to be talking about. The three game slate Cincinnati is on it. I mean, what did we see again with this with Browning? He was outstanding. And what a percentage of Browning lineups on Sunday do you think had Jamar Chase? Oh, yeah, that hurt me. Hurt me. Had him. You wanted Browning. Not with Chase. You well, wanted you wanted Chase. You just wanted Chase Brown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you wanted <laughs> Chase Brown from the clouds. You wanted the old you wanted the old Browning mixin Chase Brown stack, and then you self-exclude. Uh but it just shows you, I know, obviously, more often than not, Browning to Chase. I fell into that and wasn't a trap. That's the build I came, but on a three-game slate, it, it is so highly concentrated. All it takes is one rushing touchdown or one outlier touchdown, and it changes the entire landscape of the slate. Or a defensive touchdown. Anything. There's so many ways. It's just you don't see that. I, I, I'm going to reference Tyreek Hill again. He was 90 plus percent owned in tournaments yesterday. 90 plus Amazing. percent. It's football. Like that is, it's such a different thing than a main slate. It's so different. So I'm looking at, I didn't know there was a 500 K wildcat yesterday. Yeah. Giant three, three, three. Did you, did you, did you jump in? No, I played in the, uh, the 153 max. And my okay. team, I almost came in last. Okay. <laughs> I knew what I was doing, though. I was really happy with the team. I faded Tyreek, and he was 93% owned. Uh, I get it, man. I get it. I, and I also faded all too. the other good players. for for, And then I played Dobbs. It was not good. So that was, that was my one... To, to be... This is here... Okay, so this is a single entry, three max pop, but we're also talking just strategy here. That was my one kind of hang up with fading Tyree Kill yesterday was that you could still play Tyree Kill and not really be limited to what else you're doing. Like you could still play Hill with Mostert and A-Chan and Saquon Barkley if you wanted because you had Wicks and you had Hyatt and you had Wandell Robinson and the highest priced tight end was $3,100 Chiga Conquil. You know what I mean? Like the highest price, you could get to $2,800 Giants defense or $3,400 Miami defense. That's where, that's where I kept running into trouble. Of, do I actually want to fade him here? Cause what is it doing for me? So the counter, cause I couldn't agree more is that when there's no opportunity cost to play him, that's the only way you can get ownership like that. That exa exactly. That's why he's 93%. Yeah. Because there's, why would you not play him if you can just get him? Yep. If AJ Brown's on that slate and different and, and, and Cooper cop or a healthy Justin Jefferson, any of those guys, you know, it, it, you're right. It absolutely looks, I'm on Ross St. Brown, Stefan. It, it looks different. Yeah. Absolutely and so right. what I did just to, to kind of illuminate, you know, maybe this can help people is I worked backwards. I said, okay, in the, in the very unlikely event that, uh, you know, Tyree kill is, he's going to be extremely popular. If he doesn't get there, what, what's possible? One, Miami's defense hopefully scores. That actually did happen. So I played Miami's defense. Two, ground game. Mostert or A-chan. They got to get a couple in on the ground. And then three, the obvious one, Waddle, hopefully takes a lot. So I ran it like that. And then you hope also there is four that maybe Miami plays like shit. 
but I thought that was less likely. I thought that maybe Tyreek just doesn't have a big game. Miami's defense scores. They run it in three times. And they call it a day. I got part of that right. The bigger problem was that Waddle really didn't do much. And Tyreek, for being hurt 90% of the game, still got a decent amount of raw points. You're right. It's a tricky situation with these three gamers. I'm actually really looking forward to it. So let's dive into one more thing. See if we can kind of find some alignment here going into this slate. Uh, Look, these three gamers to me are actually my favorite slates to play. And you can ask me how I feel about them after the slate's over because something insane always happens. But going into it, I love them. I'm looking at this 500K Wildcat from, from yesterday. And I don't what do you what do you think the entry limit on this was? Fifteen hundred? No, uh, uh so multiple oh, how many? Oh, entries? like thirty? Probably thirty. Something like that, yeah. Let me see if I can find something else then. We could do the spy, hundred K spy. Let's do the hundred K spy. Sure. Because I think that'll more reflect what we're looking at for the single three max going into this Saturday slate. So Tyreek Hill, do you have a guess on ownership? 87%. 94.4. This is what I'm saying. Like, I don't, <laughs> that's, that's crazy. That is crazy. 94.4%. And he was pretty damn likely to end with what? Three mm-hmm. at one point. In which 5% of the field would have had a non-Tyreek Hill lineup. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have not cashed by fading Tyreek, which is like a, an ask me anything. How is that possible? <laughs> um, but yeah, insane. That's insane. I, I don't, I think that's crazy. In hindsight, I would make the same. If I knew he was 94% owned in my tournament, I would not play him. I hear you. I hear you. Not in 150 max, though. There's no way you're getting know. zero Tyreek. Absolutely not. I think it's better to fade. It's counterintuitive. I say it all the time. When people only have your max entering a single entry contest, everyone is. It's only one entry. And they say, I only have one. I'm, I'm not going to fade them in my only entry. That's the best time to fade them. Right. Everyone, right. oh, I got 100 teams. I'll play them in 80. Yeah. You got plenty of them. You, you fade them in 20, you feel great. Barkley was 67, Reed was 61, HM was 50, 60%, Chig was 53. Surprising to me that most most it was 21%. That's another spot where the, the one pivot I made was I was over the field on Mostert by a lot. Like in the 20 max, I think I had 14 Mostert out of 20 lineups and eight Devon HM. Uh, went over the field there. I wasn't wrong on the volume at all. No, but those are some spots to get interesting. The winning lineup here, the winning lineup had, let's see. Uh, 164. Okay, here we go. It was Will Levis, Raheem Mostert, Tajay Spears, DeAndre Hopkins, Stack, Tyree Kill, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, Saquon Barkley, and Giants. A single Will Levis stack. Well, no, Taji Spears, actually. So the double was Spears and Hopkins. 
Still had Hill, Jaden Reed, Kraft, Barkley, Mostert. It's a nice lineup. It is but a nice lineup. Very. Ne- I wonder why it was so negatively simmed here at minus 68%. On these shorter slates, it is very – because, like, you're going to – a couple guys, and you don't have as many guys to choose from. So, like, at times, you might be pulling from someone who grades out pretty poorly. Which is probably Spears here, if I had Spears, to Spears, yeah. And – certainly chig so that was the tricky thing i saw a couple people do this and i'm sure some of it was just random i was a little surprised at this i saw a couple great will levis lineups and they actually had craft over chig and i was stunned because to me like i i just i couldn't imagine not attaching i chig was my favorite tight end to begin with and i really thought he would be on all will levis lineups particularly at the top but he wasn't and they were a hundred dollars apart that's what I mean. It was just best available. Huh? Yeah, it was. Let's talk Saturday. What do you say? Yeah. I mean, you look at these games, so I'll just rattle them off real quick. We got Minnesota and Cincy, Pittsburgh, just why, and Indianapolis, and then uh, Denver and Detroit, which I think is a fascinating game. So you've got, you know, five and a half quarterbacks, really, maybe four and a half at this point. Dobbs is starting to come back to earth. I'm not counting Trubisky. Uh, Minshew, Browning, Wilson, and Goff. So I don't think there's going to be that guy. Do you? I don't. I don't think there will be. We're going to get into it. By the way, guys, we're heading into the Christmas season. Do yourselves a favor. You're going to be spending money on gifts, right? You're going to be spending money probably on alcohol as well. You're going to be spending a lot of money. Do yourselves a favor. Get your, You might be at the age now where you don't really receive gifts. You know what I mean? Maybe your wife and you exchange something smaller. Maybe you're, you're, you're a single man or woman sitting by yourself in a, in a one-bedroom dwelling wondering when things are going to turn around. Well, they just did. Because oh, wow. Bet365, you're getting $150 for doing nothing. Okay? Yeah. You know, the bold part is a lot of people perk up. And then if they're not in one of these seven states, it just got that much worse for them. Let's hope <laughs> that all these people are in one of the following seven, because if not back to your, back to your hole, apparently <laughs> like nice. Am I wrong though? If you are in one of the states I'm about to name, it's a, it's a nice little Christmas gift to yourself. It's a Christmas miracle. Fantastic. But if not, uh, don't worry, I'll save you later in this pod, but yes, rattle them off for the people. <laughs> Virginia, New Jersey, Ohio, Iowa, Colorado, Louisiana, and Kentucky. Kentucky. I always forget the new, the new ones. What well, the one either way. Those are the seven. You bet $5, you get $150 in bonus bets. It's Christmas. The link's in the description of the pod. There's no strings attached. You sign up, you bet five bucks. It doesn't matter if you win or you lose $150 in bonus bets at Bet365 if you're in one of those seven states. It's solid, and it's the best sign-up offer out there right now. Got to be 21 years or older if you want to do it. If you have a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. But bet five, get 150 in bonus bets. And, dude, just set your bankroll up out of the gate heading into these awesome NFL slates. And if you're in the other 43 states. Eat sorry. shit, right? Sorry. No, we'll give you, like I said, we got we got some awesome things that apply to all the states. Um, 
on the on the chopper side. I'll, I'll say that before we get out of here. But what are your thoughts on this? Uh, to me, I really again, got you on that single apartment dwelling. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough, a tough. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Let's talk. Court. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. To, I mean, to me, honestly, you're better served. Not I, I know this sounds stupid. It's not about who you play. I think it's more about how you build for this. Like, you know, don't play stupid people. But at the same time, I don't really think it's like, oh, I love this guy. Let me tell you why. It's more what can I do to be different? How many people on this slate are going to play Laporta and Hawkinson together? Double spend up at tight end. Like how many people are going to do, you know, a QB plus three uh, with a guy like Russell Wilson? You know, probably not. And some of that there's reasons for it. But like I'm already trying to grasp what can I do? Normal players, that's just different. What can I do to be the Cowboys with no C.D. Lamb stack, you know, uh, from Thanksgiving? Or on Thanksgiving, the Jordan Love stack that yeah. that was a triple that ended up winning people tournaments. And yeah. let's not forget, leading up until that game, Jordan Love had been very pedestrian, but people did it anyway. The double Will Levis stack yesterday with Taji Spears. I'm not saying all of those are ideal builds, but you're right. It has... It has so much less to do with the players in your lineup than the way that it's constructed from a main slate to a three-game slate. And looking at something like this, you have um, Garner Minshew against the Pittsburgh team that is just unraveling by the week, right? <clears throat> you have Jake Browning against Minnesota. As you mentioned, Wilson against Detroit. Hell, Jordan Love on Thanksgiving against Detroit in Detroit was the winner. How is Detroit on every like it doesn't matter? They're just on every three game slate, and it feels like they're always at home. Yeah, of course. It's well, just, we know on Thanksgiving. But. No, I know, but it's even even non Thanksgiving short slates. They're just on them. Jared Goff at home against Denver. Um, I, I will say this much though, and I want you to to correct me if you think I'm viewing this improperly. Fortunately, the Sims tool has been able to correct me on some of those issues, like. I was off of Drake London. I was off of Will Levis and, and ended up running the Sims and getting exposure to those guys. Thank God, because I wouldn't have been there by myself. But I just look at guys like, assuming it's Mullins this week, um, assuming it's Trubisky this week, I'm having a tough time with that. Yeah, I I kind of am with you. Um you know, I think it's always that case by case basis of that fine line. You know, why are you doing something? Is it do you like the play or are you doing it because of ownership or are you doing it for, for another reason? Salary constraints. And I think there's depending on the position, there's different priorities. Like sometimes you do need to say, I, I don't love this guy, but I love everything that he allows me to do. And then on the other side of it, it's, you know, OK. I think that this is a way to be very, very different, but I just, even like these small things again, you know, the, like someone like T Higgins, where does he fit in to this slate? You know, you've got chase, you've got that backfield. T Higgins is just like there Tyler Boyd types. You know, there, there are these secondary options on these teams on short slates. They are more relevant on large slates. They're almost, you know, an afterthought. Oh, if he, if he vultures, he vultures. I can't do anything about that. No, you can actively do that on a three-game slate. Yeah, and, you know, the secondary, tertiary-type options that intrigue me the most this week 
are coming from two different teams. One of them is Indianapolis against Pittsburgh in a dome, right? Against the Steelers. You're talking guys like Josh Downs and Alec Pierce and, and, um, and, and Kylan Granson, right? Those type of guys. We've seen those type of builds win these, these small slates. Uh, and then Denver. Yes, it's Cortland Sutton, but then it's Judy. Mims, they just have no idea how to use him. They're like, okay, we, put it this way. With, with Detroit, we already know. It's Amon Ross St. Brown. It's Sam Laporta. And then if you wanted to get weird, I suppose you could do like the Josh Reynolds or throw a dart with Jamison Williams, even though he's hardly been involved at all. They go to the ground a lot. They use Jameer Gibbs in the passing game. Um, you know what I mean? Like Cincy is another one. You're right about T Higgins, but it, it's, I don't know. Maybe that is another good example with Minnesota. I have no idea what to do. If Justin Jefferson plays, I think that's uh, a good example. Yeah. If it's Nick Mullins, I don't know, but like Indy feels like one of those spots where if Pittsburgh continues to just give up on the season, despite over the, the despite coming in at seven and four, two weeks ago, if they've just given up or they're just completely unraveling, what about the Pittman and Downs or the Pittman Pierce stacks with Garner Minshew? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. I, I think at home, you really, I mean, I can deploy those just on their own merit, never mind leverage or anything like that. I just objectively like them. I think where it gets more interesting is looking at some of these, you know, even I'm going to go back to Minnesota for a second. I think people on these type of slates, they don't want to deal with stupid shit. And Justin Jefferson, like, is he all right? Is he going to play? Like, where's his ownership going to be if it's if he's sporting a real Q tag? I I think that's a really cool way to build. No one's looking to do that. They have no clarity at quarterback. He's been hurt. uh, And there's a lot of risk, real danger. But you may look back and say Justin Jefferson wasn't even that popular on a three-game slate. Um, and it's just some of that stuff you have to be willing to roll the dice. Opportunity cost, I don't think, is going to be massive on this slate. And it's not just Justin Jefferson in a Tyreek Hill tier of his own like yesterday. Not at all. There's Amon Russ St. Brown in a 47-point total game. Easily the highest implied total on the slate is the Lions. There's Jamar Chase. There's Michael Pittman, who's seeing double-digit targets every single week. Man, you're right. Justin Jefferson sporting the highest price tag, but also a Q tag, and hasn't played a full game in in like two months. Who in there, again, not saying everybody, but I'm just saying get into your mind of an average person, maybe someone that's not using our tools uh, or that in tune. They look, they see that guy, and then they see St. Brown. All systems go at home. They see Jamar Chase. All systems go at home. They see Michael Pittman. All systems go at home with better quarterbacks. Who are you going to pay up for? I mean, I, I, it's so obvious that you're going to feel more comfortable with those guys. I feel more comfortable with those guys. That's where it creates. How many people think like that? Can you stomach saying, I'm going to roll the dice here. I'm going to be different. I'm going to take, I'm going to take St. Brown and Jefferson. Who's going to do that? Who is, who's building like that? You're right. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's not just a Q tag that's going to scare Jefferson off. You mentioned it. It's also the quarterback situation. That's what I mean. Who wants to deal with, I don't even know who's throwing him the ball. 
we saw Jamar Chase on thir- on Monday Night Football with a, a 11 for 149 and a touchdown. Massive game. Had this been on a three-game slate and it was Jake Browning starting, let's reverse the roles. We don't know what to expect from Jake Browning, but he's starting, and it's this slate, right? It's this slate. There's no way that people are going that heavy on Jamar Chase. Like I'm saying reverse the roles. Justin Jefferson's fully healthy, and Kirk Cousins is still in there. Absolutely, yeah. And and Jamar Chase is sporting a Q tag, right? Like no and way. And the highest price receiver. That's what I mean. Coming off injuries, and then he got hurt again. Like, and I'm not. I don't. I want to make this clear. I'm not saying this slate should live and die with Justin Jefferson. He might be limited. He might not play. He might just play like shit. All of that's very possible. What I'm saying is those are the little things, even if it's not probable to happen, what happens if it does happen? How big is your potential payoff? And on a three-game slate, it's massive. Yeah, it is. Do you see any of that nuance at running back by any chance? Because like, once again, we have to deal with the Gibbs-Montgomery debacle, uh, or I'll call it a dilemma. Zach Moss, over the last two weeks without Jonathan Taylor, has played 92% of snaps. He has 91% of running back rushing attempts, 14 red zone attempts, nine inside the 10, four at the goal line, 11 targets, two red zone targets, and 38 touches, and nothing to show for it. His price keeps getting bumped up because of the volume. Javante Williams continues to just kind of be there, even though he should be better. You know, and then we don't know if Alexander Madison plays. It could be Ty Chandler. Warren and Najee Harris are stuck on a team that's just terrible. I mean, I I don't know, man. This is an odd, odd position for a three-gamer, yet there's like five or six guys that are totally viable. Definitely a lot there. I just think it's fascinating. You've got six teams, and you have legitimately almost every team with a true split backfield. Like Pittsburgh, that's a real one-two punch. Detroit, that's as real as it gets. Yep. One-two punch. De- Denver is like a three. You know, they bring that M- McLaughlin character in for no reason. <laughs> uh, he's got competition there. Zach Moss has the backfield to himself. No doubt about it. Cincinnati now. This Chase Brown guy is getting some serious work, and he's been electric with Mixon. I know Mixon's still going to get his. You're but right. It's not, it's not a consolidation. And then Minnesota, if Madison plays is another timeshare. What a fascinating situation with almost no clarity outside of Indianapolis. It makes me just want to jam Zach Moss. I I think a lot of people are going to do that. Um, Now, if Madison sits, Ty Chandler is going to get a big boost. We all know that. And I think it's warranted. You're going to see a lot of quarterback, running back, wide receiver type stacks for me. And I think that's fine this week. Um, Just going to be... I, I think that's just how you have to treat it is just, there's going to be a lot of hot hand elements to who we roster at running back. Do you think there's a possibility that given Zach Moss's recent struggles that Trey Sermon ends up getting, cause he's played a few snaps, a couple of, you think Trey Sermon ends up just splitting this out of nowhere? I don't think that's impossible, but no, I don't think that happens. You don't think it's likely? No. Okay. Yeah. You're probably right. I think it's more likely that Chase Brown continues to get a real a real role in Cincinnati's offense. Would you consider stacking Minnesota then? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Absolutely. No one's going to do that. I don't know why you would. 
<laughs> what about Denver? Obviously, it's a high total game. I know your answer is yes, but th- that's also one of the spots where the gut, my gut just tells me, like if Denver ends up just being really popular, then maybe I go elsewhere because somehow Russell Wilson, despite getting a lot of good matchups, fails to ever really recreate any of the magic we saw with Seattle. I just worry that just the volume has not been there time and time again for Russell Wilson. And it's at the end of the day, like Sutton bails himself out on one throw every single week, every week, five targets, six targets and a touchdown. And, and, you know, I like, again, who am I? I'm not in the NFL, but uh, Jerry Judy, who I'm a fan of, but man, not great. Like he, he had a touchdown that it, it seemed, and it's easy to say this, but really like almost every wide receiver I see is able to drag those feet. And he just takes just absolutely clown steps right out of the end zone, only gets one foot down. It's just been a struggle. I don't know what they're doing with Mims, the tight end situations. And no, it's, it, it's hard with Denver right now. Yeah, you're right. With, and, and, you know, these are the type of slates where you want to gamble on Mims, but I just don't know how, right? That, that, that Let's close it with this. Here's a, a perfectly, you could probably provide a great answer on this that would help people out a lot for these shorts, these abbreviated slates. Mm-hmm. How do you draw the line between the cheap guys that are still valuable, that can still provide leverage at low ownership and the ones where you're just kind of throwing money away, like Mims, Jamison Williams, right? Some of these some of these guys, uh, Alec Pierce, you know what I mean? Josh Reynolds, those type of 3K guys where it's like on one hand, you could argue, hey, they're cheap, they're low owned. On the other hand, you could say, what's the point? Why are you wasting your time? Yeah, I think it really is a opportunity cost. Like what, what, what are you getting for doing that? You don't get extra points for making a sick call. Like it, that's great. What does it set you up to do? And then two, what happens if you get it right? realistically you can't just say oh well he can catch 390 yard touchdowns yeah okay great but realistically what am i looking at if it goes right if he gets a boost in snap count like and if you can answer and say this can open up the entire lineup i don't think it's bad to play a guy that could get zero i really don't if you're if you're saying you know he might be able to get five targets and i think he could get you know four for 50 maybe he can fall in the ends like I don't, it's a little tougher. And I think some of those guys are, you know, Pierce is a good example. Not that I was ever on him. You saw what could happen though. Um, Some of those guys have home run ability. And I really look for that when I'm, if I'm going to roll the dice, you might as well roll it all the way. Do you want to pair them with the quarterback in a lot of cases, if you're doing that? Yeah, because you're drawing to it's because it's not volume based. It's target efficiency based. So like if my guy's only going to get three targets, if he's going to factor in, one of those targets, probably like a 70 yard touchdown or a 45 yard catch. And that ties directly to the quarterback. If you tell me he's going to get 11 targets, well, the quarterback could have, you know, 45 pass attempts and no touchdowns and the receiver's great for the value. My quarterback stinks. That doesn't happen with 3K wide receivers. So would you consider a Marvin Mims with Russell Wilson? Yeah, I would consider Mims. I'd be more likely to play Mims certainly with Wilson. If Mims, I don't even know this. If he returns punts uh, or kicks, I would play him maybe with the defense and try to double dip. 
helpful conversation. This is fun, man. I wish we could do three game slates every week. It, it's so much fun. And I will say, cause I did promise some of those people that are in the apartment <laughs> and are just at, you know, they're, they're, they're in a worse spot now. Cause you just promised them a gift and they have nothing. Cause they're not in one of those seven States. I will just tell you guys this, no matter what state you're in now, of course, it helps if you have a ton of sports books available, but even if you don't and you want to use it as a reference point, oddshopper.com slash subscribe. I don't know how podcasts work, but I believe it'll be in the link in the description of this podcast as it well. Is. Okay. You click it, you go there, you got the week, you got the month, and we're going to save you some money right now. When you check out, it'll say apply promo code. Just type in Lofty. L-O-U-G-H-Y, and you will get 20% off your first week or your first month. No questions asked. So you get in even cheaper for the holidays. Use it for the week. See what you think. If you make some money, great. If you don't, you got to hang in our Discord. You got to talk to us more. You got to see these tools in action. I'm telling you, the risk is absolutely worth the potential payoff. Without question. I use it every day. Use it every day. Save that money. Use that promo code. Again, just type in Lofi and you will see the price drop. Appreciate you guys. As always, tell your friends about the pod. Leave us a rating and a review. We appreciate you all the time. A lot of football this week. We'll be back all week on YouTube and in the podcast platforms. Until next time, bye-bye.